want to listen to this Ivory Tower Boiler Room episode and all of our Ivory Tower Boiler Room episodes ad-free, head to our Patreon, patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Ivory Tower Boiler Room for $5 a month. You get all of our ad-free episodes, our video interviews, and our bonus episodes. See you there. We always love when you all reach out to us. And I love that some of you say that you disagree. And that is completely fine. I feel like right now, we need open debate more than ever. Open debate is not the same as toxic debate. Right. Hi, this is Andrew, and I'm interrupting what I know is an exciting ITBR episode to talk to you about one of our sponsors, the Gay and Lesbian Review. Discover new things about gay and lesbian literature, history, and culture with a subscription to the Gay and Lesbian Review, a bi-monthly magazine of history, culture, and politics that publishes essays in a wide range of disciplines, as well as a slew of reviews of books, plays, and movies, and a number of special features, such as artist profiles and our popular art memo column. Each issue of the Gay and Lesbian Review brings you consistently intelligent, lively, thought-provoking articles focused on a unifying theme, and it brings together the leading minds on the topic. You won't find a lot about the latest dating fads or fashion trends, but you will definitely find articles about online dating, like using Grindr as a social phenomenon, or even the gay influence on 20th century fashion. Did you know that I've actually interviewed three gay and lesbian review contributors? Make sure you listen to my Ignacio Darnod Breaking the Gay Code in Art episode, where Ignacio explains that key artistic figures like Michelangelo, Donatello, Thomas Eakins, J.C. Leyendecker, and Thomas Finlan all have really explicit homoerotic artwork. And then head on over to the next episode where I talk with Dr. Vernon Rosario about LGBTQ psychiatry and how homosexuality got depathologized. And our most recent episode was with the Gay and Lesbian Review's literary editor, Martha E. Stone, and she talks about what LGBTQ literature you should be reading this summer and also how to become a contributing writer and a reviewer for the Gay and Lesbian Review. To subscribe, visit glreview.org. That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W.org. Click subscribe and enter the promo code ITBR to receive a free copy with any print or digital subscription. And as an added bonus, you also receive online access to all of the Gay and Lesbian Review's archived issues. All of them. Okay, enjoy your reading, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. And I feel like I should be singing, ITBRs out for the summer. I think that's it. <laughs> I hope that translates into audio. Um, but we are on a summer break. So until July 17th, the Ivory Tower Boiler Room is on a summer break. And this is our last episode. So there's a not last episode ever. This is our last episode before the summer break. So that's why we have 
School's out for the summer in mind. And I'm joined here with a special guest who I'm going to introduce soon, who you all know. But I first want to let you all know who, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, we love our platforms. I actually am live on Instagram on our Ivory Tower Boiler Room uh, social media. So I'm going to post the video version. If you want to see the Instagram live video, go to at Ivory Tower Boiler Room. And if you want to see my uh, co-host with me, who's not on the Instagram live, head to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Ivory Tower Boiler Room. And it's going to be free. You get a free Patreon video for the summer break episode. Okay, so please rate us, uh, review on Apple, uh, rate us on Spotify, follow us. You have a whole month to catch up on episodes. I'm going to talk about some of our favorite episodes with my co-host. We're going to play a game of our episodes. So I'm joined here with, of course, Mary DePippi. Hi, Mary. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Good. So Mary is the host of True Crime and Academia, the <laughs> lovely host of True Crime and Academia. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and Mary and I just thought, you know, we need to give a month off for ourselves, but also I'm in the process of something that all of you probably know, even though I'm vague about it uh, now, but I'm in the process of my last stage of my PhD and I'm about to defend my dissertation. So there's a lot of writing happening. So if you can all send me some writing support, I'm feeling the flow. And this conversation with Mary is going to be the pop culture we need. So Mary's clapping. Thank you, Mary. Um, <laughs> so I think right away, what I would love to talk to you about, Mary, because it's so fresh in our mind, our past spring season, mm -hmm. I would love to play a game with you. Are you ready for that? I think I'm ready. Okay, so this is literally improvisational on the spot. <laughs> Mary and I love our improvisational <clears throat> games. So for the first game, I was thinking, why don't we just quickly bounce back and forth about topics that we had covered in the spring? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking a word association game. So what I'm going to do is pull up our catalog okay. and... Yes, everyone, this is um, a task for you all to listen back to our past I'm episodes. also. Oh, good. Mary has her phone <laughs> out, too. Okay. So if you haven't listened to these episodes, you have a month to catch up. Please binge us. Binge the Ivory Tower Boiler Room and True Crime and Academia episodes when you are running, when you're walking, when you're on the beach, when you're in bed, falling asleep. I don't, if you're just listening to us, we appreciate the algorithm. Yes. So thanks for the analytics. Okay. Um, so right away, I'm going to ask you about your last True Crime in Academia, which actually yes. really blew up on our TikTok on Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Mm -hmm. um, so you discussed grooming in the dance world with the mm -hmm. Dusty and Mitchell Button case. What is one word to summarize the experience of the grooming in the dance world episode that you put out? Diabolical. Diabolical. Okay. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's a horrific, it's already a horrific thing to groom someone. And, you know, in the very general sense that, you know, 
you just find someone randomly. They're not necessarily tied to a career situation or a, you know, activity that you're passionate about, like any type of that situation. So when it is, it just makes that even worse because you're not just tarnishing other humans for that person, right? You're also tarnishing something that they actually enjoy because now this negative connotation is there like a little storm cloud if you will you know just hanging out there yeah and it really was the grooming that happens also connects to other industries right so like you were looking Mm -hmm. at um that type of abuse going on in the dance world, but there's also abuse that goes on in academia. And I know you had an interview with uh, Revealing the Ivory Tower, which is Mm -hmm. an excellent discussion about gaslighting in academia. And gaslighting was really, I feel, a theme, or it's a theme that comes up a lot because we talk to so many who are trying to find their authentic voice. And unfortunately, um they can't find their voice because they are being manipulated or yeah. gaslit. So mm-hmm. thank you for covering that case, Mary. With, of course. Um, and also talking about what grooming means. Like, can you explain that for all of us? Cause I feel like right now in 2023 in the mm-hmm. summer season that we're in, it really has taken wonky directions of what that means. Yeah. So grooming by the simplest definition is the action by which someone, either an adult or someone who holds a higher power than someone, basically under the guise of, I will bring you under my wing, I will guide you, I will nurture you in X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. That is the way in which they are able to abuse their victims. And like in this case specifically, it's the notion that they are holding your future career in their hands and they can do with it as they please. And, you know, you can quote unquote, get what you want as long as you do everything they ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that is it's very simplest sense. Yeah. Okay. so. Now throw out a title to me of one of the Ivory Tower Boiler Room interviews, and I'll try to play this word association game that I've now concocted for us. Okay. Oh man. Um. Let's go to one of your more recent episodes. I really like that you did Boy Slut, and oh, yeah. the theme of male bisexuality polyamory you know and just overall sex positivity um what was like the main out of those things i guess maybe what was like the main thing that you noticed not only in reading the book but also in talking with zachary Hi, I'm interrupting what I know is a riveting discussion because I have to talk to you all about one of our sponsors, Broadview Press. 
Broadview Press is an independent academic publisher for all of your humanities-related book needs. Make sure first that you use an exclusive code they're only giving to us for Ivory Tower Boiler Room listeners. The code is Ivory Tower, and you get 20% off your broadviewpress.com order. So some of the books you can get, actually, we've had the writers on our very own Ivory Tower Boiler Room podcast. Have you all heard our sound writing episode with doctors Kyle Stedman and Tanya Rodriguez? So sound writing, they discuss first, what does that term mean? How do you use digital media projects in the college classroom? Also, how do we interpret and analyze podcast episodes like our very own Ivory Tower Boiler Room? And we break down all of the different podcast genres and just how we're using media in our own lives and especially if you're teaching media. And we even bring up artificial intelligence, which I know is a hot button issue right now. Also, make sure you listen to Jeffrey, Dr. Jeffrey Weinstock, who talks about being a mad scientist of sorts as a composition scholar. And he talks about what it means to do pop culture research and teaching in the college classroom. Then in the fall, we had Dr. Ann Stevens on to break down what it means to be a literary theorist. And we even play a really fun literary criticism game where Ann uses all of these different theories to approach the Wizard of Oz film. So it's such an enjoyable episode. We love having the Broadview Press sponsor our podcast. And again, Use that code Ivory Tower for 20% off all of your Broadview Press texts. I can't wait to feature a really exciting episode with Broadview Press about the philosophy of sport. So that, stay tuned, is coming up in our summer season. I really found that his presence... And Zachary Zane's message was one that actually really empowered my own understanding with my body. And um, here, wait, I have to quickly plug in the laptop, but I'm going to continue to talk um, <laughs> as I now go on my knees, which I guess is a certain metaphor. Um, <laughs> but it was really enjoyable to not only interview him, Mary, because mm -hmm. I had heard him on podcasts before. There's a podcast I like called Two By Guys, where I first <clears throat> heard the name Zachary Zane and listened to him. But like you saw and everyone who follows us on social media, like my personal social media, the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, I posted an image of myself in a jock strap and I used his cover to cover the butt cheeks. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I know that in a way, his conversation that everyone who's listened to it, they're all coming away with the same feeling of realizing that the shame around our bodies is something that we have to unlearn. And like mm -hmm. where that shame comes from is different. It could be religious for Zachary. It wasn't, but it could be just societal, especially I feel with women, there's a lot of gender politics involved with body shaming. 
With mm-hmm. men, I feel we don't talk a lot about their uncomfortability mm-hmm. with their bodies. So that's what I appreciate with Zachary Zane yeah. is we got that like by male perspective, but we got a male perspective of owning your body and your sexuality. Mm-hmm. And right. yeah, I absolutely loved it. So it was definitely one of those moments too, where I realized we were taking a risk or I knew like I had talked with you on the phone or just in meetings, even with our interns who we loved our spring interns. We yes, miss you were all. Incredible. I know. Um, and it was a risk in the sense of knowing, okay, I'm being, I think what I thought was a risk, it isn't a risk. I was so, I've now come to this understanding of my job as an artist and now as a doctor of literary and I call myself an unapologetic gay male scholar. That's like how I'm starting to brand myself. And love it. um, Thank you, Mary. But also like now that I have a cameo and I'm like trying to figure out how I'm publicly uh, branding my image, it's that kind of image of we've always, I've always wanted unfiltered conversations here. And Mm -hmm. what's more unfiltered than us liberating sexuality? Yeah, and that's exactly what I stand for. So why would I be fearful of a future employer wanting me to hide that aspect if what I publish and write is all about the body and nudity and homoeroticism? Right. Like that. And but I do realize in our culture, there's a lot of hiding sexual aspects of oneself because of stigma. And you're mm-hmm. afraid to put yourself out there. You think you're going to be judged. Yeah. And I was even like, if a professor or if someone has an OnlyFans, that's their personal freedom. Mm-hmm. Like why as a culture, especially in America, I think if we were in Europe, yeah. we'd have a different conversation. Yeah. Um, I just remember in Paris, their ads will have um, same-sex friends kissing in an ad and it's like commonplace. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, thanks for that question, Mary. Of course. So I really do want to know from you, what is an episode that with True Crime and Academia, you in the spring, you could even go into the winter, but whatever is fresh in your mind, what was one of the hardest because you have to write, unlike my improvisational mm-hmm. preparation for interviews. I mean, mm-hmm. it's improvisational, but it's prepared improvisational interview styling. You have to write a script or you have your talking points and you know where the case of your true mm-hmm. crime case is heading. What was the most challenging one you recently remember and why? I think the most challenging and not because of content necessarily, um, just for the sheer complexity of the situation itself um, was probably one of my more recent episodes, the murder of Nikit Kumar. Mm. Um, he was beat to death essentially by his teacher. He died um, in transit to a different hospital. He had already been to multiple, like had been transferred <clears throat> a few times at that point. Um, you know, but he wasn't killed instantly. He was, you know, essentially fighting for his life. And his teacher was, castest and you know because of his lower stature like he literally spelled a word wrong and this is why this poor boy was killed like it 
you know, there was just a lot to unpack there, you know, with the caste system and the integration of the caste systems and, you know, especially with education and everything. So, you know, it wasn't just a cut and dry situation. It's something that, you know, I feel like at first glance, especially us in America, like to us, that's absurd to beat someone to death over the smallest of infractions. Right. But I had a like, I just didn't want that to come across as that absurd thing. I wanted to make sure that, you know, every single cultural aspect of essentially why this happened, you know, not that it should have, but, you know, the, you know, technically it was, um, you know, why that happened and why this teacher thought the way that he did. And, you know, not only is it obviously egregious, it was, you know, certainly egregious, but again, like the cultural shift that was happening in that area at the time, you know, also was a huge factor in it, in it. And I didn't want that to get lost. Well, you did such a respectful job because I remember after listening, we had a conversation about it. And so you really did this anthropological study of India and you dug into the caste system and providing sources. And that's Mm -hmm. what I always find so important with the work you do with True Crime and Academia. And it's just something that we stand for here in the Ivory Tower Mm -hmm. Boiler Room. I'm not calling out like we've always trained our interns and I've always emphasized and I have to shout out Dana Wilkie because she's one of my favorite mm-hmm. podcasters um, with her gossip show. And she does so much research. She also cites like crazy um, in mm-hmm. a good way of backing up where she's yeah. getting this pop culture gossip. But we know we all Mary and I listen to dozens of podcasts. I mean, I probably have on my Spotify following over a hundred podcasts. I don't even know. It's because we're always, I always want to listen and learn and model. I'm always gaining ideas for our content. And something I always have valued is the ivory tower boil the room in our name. And, you know, Mary, her show, true crime and academia as an ITBR show is that blending of high culture nuance with, I don't want to call it lowbrow culture, but like we have um, very pressing topics, timely topics Mm -hmm. mixed with nuance. So like sometimes it's academic focus, but if it's pop culture, you better believe it's going to be a highly specialized analysis. And Mary and I are going to demonstrate some of that soon with TV shows that were one, especially that we have to check in on. Um, But, you know, other podcasts, they don't cite, you know, it is speculative. Mm -hmm. Um, They land themselves in hot water with their followers. Um, Mm -hmm. We've landed ourselves in hot water just because, when you put yourself out there in the public eye, we're going to get trolls. I mean, oh, yeah. You know what? Just for fun, because I didn't even do this with Mary. I do have to say there were. Well, this is why I love when you all leave us such beautiful raving reviews on Apple podcasts like Sarah Fraser, who I interviewed here. If you haven't listened to that episode, it was last summer. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. She has the Sarah Fraser show. Listen to her um, show. But she and David Yontef, who 
runs behind the velvet rope. Love them both. They do like a collaboration show together on the housewives, which don't worry, we're going to get into the housewives, but <laughs> they always read out their trolling comments. And I thought I would love to read out two of them to you, Mary, because it mm -hmm. does make Please. me laugh. This is where I hope this is a lesson to you all that when you put yourself out there with your passions, you're going to get critiques, but Hey, I'm okay. I'm ready for this kind. This does not phase me. One of them says, rude host, talks over guests, horrible interviewer in capital letters, do not recommend. Okay. And then the other one says, annoying voice, stupid host, boring podcast. Interesting. <laughs> well, I then. Have, I have a feeling these all like came at the same date. So I feel like it was the same person, but... Mm -hmm. Who knows? Just, you know, but then we have ones like can't wait for each episode, must listen, Andrew is a gem, great podcast. The majority are really rave reviews. Support, yeah. But that is just how life is. I know. It's like TikTok, right? With Marianne exactly. Williamson. I have to talk about Marianne Williamson. What a beautiful interview. And mm -hmm. it came right after Ebony K. Williams, who also, with her legal Love hat. Love that girl. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I'm sorry, not girl. Um, woman. Love yeah, that or woman. Auntie. Call her an auntie. Call her an auntie. She Love likes being auntie. called auntie. Love auntie. Um, but Ebony is a legal scholar. She has a show called Holding Court, Everyone. She was on The Real Housewives of New York, the first black housewife. We get into all of that. And how she used that as a platform for her legal expertise and being in broadcast news and being one of the only progressive voices on Fox News. So like this, these are the kinds of layers that we're mm -hmm. bringing. And with Marianne Williamson, yeah, I know she's running as a Democrat. So right, some of you all out there, I'm sure all of you listening, you might not all be a Democrat or you might not all want to vote for her. That is completely fine. It's why I love our friend Taylor Ferber because her podcast is called Cancel Me Baby and mm -hmm. she urges us to debate. She urges us to disagree respectfully. And that's exactly what happened with Marianne Williamson is I wanted to so deeply just have her explain what her platform is. And she deeply connected with me. I mean, I remember Mary, how much she listened to the LGBTQ concerns Mm -hmm. of book banning and censorship, but on the other side, empowerment and mm -hmm. coming together as a grassroots community. So I deeply respect Marianne Williamson. Yeah. I thought it was wonderful she came on the show, mm -hmm. talked to, you know, hear my side from academia. So again, we always love when you all reach out to us. And I love yes. that some of you say that you disagree and that is completely fine. I feel like right now we need open debate more than ever. Open debate is not the same as toxic debate. Right. Okay. So <laughs> now I feel like we do have to get into some, some summaries because I got some recommendations yes. from our audience. Do you know that when I'm not delivering an epic ivory tower boiler room episode to you all that i do actually go on to other podcasts and other interview shows well one show that i really have to tell you all about is called that old gay classic cinema i know so many of you here love classic films you love 
queer concepts and analyses. So let me just give you a few of the episodes that are on that old gay classic cinema. First, you have to listen to the first ever episode they did where I got to talk about being Captain Von Trapp in The Sound of Music. So yes, it's an epic Sound of Music episode. There's a Gone with the Wind episode, The Wizard of Oz, Cinderella, 101 Dalmatians, Sleeping Beauty, and most recently, I and Mary DePippi from True Crime and Academia, we were invited onto the Alfred Hitchcock Vertigo episode. So make sure you follow That Old Gay Classic Cinema on Instagram and on TikTok. Christian Garcia, the host, I know that he would really love if you listen to his podcast, follow it on Apple and Spotify, make sure that you rate and review it. And I think I'll definitely be back on That Old Gay Classic Cinema, so I'll keep you all updated But after you finish listening to this current Ivory Tower Boiler Room episode, get your ears on that old gay classic cinema. Enjoy, you all. All of you out there who messaged us on social media, thank you. Yes, Um, thank you. Yeah, so everyone, get your proverbial notebook or real notebook out, but however you (laughs) document your notes. And it is in our show notes, these books. But we had on the Gay and Lesbian Reviews literary editor, Martha E. Stone, who we love the Gay gay and Lesbian Review and we love Broadview Press. Mandy made it. That old gay classic cinema. Wait, let me make sure. Those are our sponsors. Am Mm -hmm. I missing someone? I hope I'm not. Broadview Press? Yeah, I got them. Okay. I thought you did. Um, I just was make that was the one. Yeah, Broadview Press was a great episode recently. Skin Med Spa, we love them. Oh, yeah, Skin Med Spa, we've done Housewives games with. Um, So Broadview Press, they recently um, came on the show. The writers who have published with Broadview Press come on the show. And uh, Tanya and Kyle, they incorporate podcasts into their curriculum with their college Mm. students, and they actually Mm -hmm. teach them podcasting and audio projects. So I've said everyone needs to listen to that episode. Who's asked Mary or I, should I start a podcast? What's involved with my genre? How do I know which direction to go into? Listen to that episode mm-hmm. because you're going to learn a lot. And then you can book me on Cameo for only $10 and I will answer all your podcast <laughs> questions because Mary knows we only have so much limited time and I want to prioritize people who are reaching out to me. Right. I will give you my undivided time and I'm only charging $10 and it'll be like a 10 minute. Yeah. It'll be like 10 minutes. Mary knows me once I start going, (laughs) like I can't do one minute videos. Okay. And also I'll shout out uh, your father for father's day or whatever. You want me to shout out that you graduated? I'd love to give you a message. And I'm trying to get Mary into that game soon. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm a, I'm the guinea pig of the group. You know, <laughs> I have to, I'm the experimental director, just figuring out what's going on. Okay, so summer reads. Martha Easton gave us LGBTQ summer reads. Listen to that episode, mm-hmm. everyone. It was great. Um, here are some other summer reads. First, um, we have to acknowledge those who've been in the, Ivory Tower Boiler Room, who have new books out. Um, Aaron Hamburger has the new novel, Hotel Cuba. 
He came on the podcast to talk about Nirvana is here. And I love Mary when our authors that we interview have Spotify playlists. Like even yes. Zachary has a boy slut one. And um, <laughs> I love it. Aaron has a Nirvana is here because Nirvana in the title. Um, but Aaron is going to come into the ivory tower boiler room when we're back. So mm-hmm. get ready for him to come back. Um, I know Mary has, when she saw his name on the list, she let out a beautiful sigh, Stephen Rowley, which oh, remember that, that interview, Mary? Yes. Love that man. I'm so yes. happy for him. So we interviewed him. What was that? A year and a half ago? Something like that. Yeah. It's one of our early um, author interviews mm-hmm. because we're celebrating three years of the podcast, everyone. Um, and Mary's been here in the podcast now for about two years ish, mm-hmm. almost two years. I mean, she's been like part of the community for two and a half years. Um, so yeah, Steven was one of our early ones. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you haven't heard the Gunkle episode, it was so good. Loved the Gunkle, but Steven, congratulations with the celebrants. That's his new novel. Can't wait to read it. It's going to be my beach read because I actually finally get to read without thinking of how it's going to be in my writing, but (laughs) I'm going to continue to write Such everyone. Such a relief, right? But this summer, I think I just need to be able to turn off the switch for a little while of dissertation mm-hmm. brain. Um, so <laughs> everyone, please give me that relief. Okay. Um, Kelly Ford. Um, I had her on to talk about Real Bad Things, which is such a great suspense thriller. It kind of reminded me, Mary, when we uh, had Micah Nemerever on about these violent yes. delights. I was thinking about yeah. that book recently, actually. Yeah, that Such book, Micah's book. book is always circulating. It just mm-hmm. captures that Hitchcocky in mind, right? Oh, and mm-hmm. Mary, please tell everyone we were just on a great podcast, one of our sponsors, um, to talk about <laughs> what? What did yes, we just Yes, oh my gosh. We talked about Vertigo, one of my favorite Hitchcock movies of all times. With the gay old classic cinema, Christian. Yeah, and you, on our TikTok, I clipped that moment of, remember, that specific analysis you gave that really ignited a flame in my mind? I was like, oh, Mary, yes. thank you so much for bringing <laughs> this up. I am seeing this completely anew. Like, mm-hmm. can you give us that brief summary? I oh, I wish I, I was, can't even remember what it was. Now no, but remember when you talked about how much Madeline is Mm -hmm. acting in vertigo with this female erotic aspect with her acting. What's happening with Carlotta. Mm -hmm. And I wish I remembered it because if it was that great, I wish I could. No, but basically Mary um, said that because, or we kind of got to it together that, so everyone listened to that all gay classic cinema and the vertigo discussion. And then you can yell at me about how I forgot it. No, yeah, everyone <laughs> at the pips on Instagram, not me, not yeah. at Andrew David you can Rimby, at the me pips. And tell me. That's where everyone can leave their rants. But oh, I hope you don't get, don't send her negative <laughs> messages. But you said that Madeline, or who we find out is Judy in Vertigo, that when she's acting as Madeline, she is basically completely taking over this other woman's identity and is perfectly fine doing it until she sees the other, she actually sees Madeline 
already dead in the bell tower. Mm-hmm. Um, that then, like for us, that's where the acting completely dissolves. Mm-hmm. And but I loved how you really had this as if she's penetrating the female body, like she's took taken possession over the female mm-hmm. body of Madeline without actually knowing who she's mimicking. So mm-hmm. yeah, Mary gave this really awesome female homoerotic reading. Um, okay, yeah. Oh, The Hunt comes out by Kelly Ford, July 25th. So soon. Okay, uh, pre-order it, everyone. And I can't forget friend of the show, Nicholas DiDomizio's new novel called The Gay Best Friend. We had Nicholas on to talk about Burn It All Down which is about a New Jersey family and a mother and her gay son and how they basically become accomplices in crime together. It's a fascinating read. So congratulations, Nicholas, on your new novel. Okay. So, okay, I think we hit everyone who has been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so here are some reads from our audience. Uh, Sammy recommended The Wind-Up Bird. Okay. Lawrence, who I actually know from Kane University, we were undergrads together, recommends mm-hmm. The Troop by Nick Cutter. Alice recommends Wonderland by Jen Hiller. And Mike Love recommends that. In Memoriam by Alice Wynn. Another summer read you definitely should put on your list is actually my Aunt Alice's book called A Sneak Thief in the Shadows, which is coming out soon. And it's part of her Booger and Beans mystery series, which is wonderful uh, for anyone ages 10 through, she wrote to me, 10 through 100 plus years old. So the Booger and Beans Mystery Series, there's 10 volumes and it's available on Amazon.com. So for all of you detective fans, sleuthing fans, coming of age fans, it's a must read. So there's a lot of books. And if you need more books, what mm-hmm. do they do, Mary? What's the easiest thing to do? With I mean, our you podcast? can literally just look at our list of episodes and you will find one that you want to read. Yeah, well, friend of the show, Dawn Delacat does that. Yeah. She writes up book I lists love her. based on our episodes. And so does um actually Christian Garcia from that old gay classic cinema. Mm-hmm. And Aww. that's what I love. Is someone recently on Twitter just shared out Jonathan Parks Ramage's uh guest daddy, which oh my gosh, talk about mm. suspense, the Hamptons, the gay scene, and love. um if Hitchcock was interested in gay men in the Hamptons. Oh, um, I like an, that. Yeah, it's an amazing novel. So mm. I love, just because we're on a break, everyone, for a month, that doesn't mean that you can't mention us on Instagram and Twitter when you're listening yeah. to episodes. Please do that. It would actually- And we'll be reminding you of our favorite ones too as well along the way, but- Yeah, and it would warm our heart too, especially as I'm like rounding this last stage of the dissertation. So please do that. I'm going to now implore and make everyone feel guilty if they don't share us on social media as recommendations. Okay. I mean, most graduation gifts are expensive. This one is free. free. Yeah. And our episodes are free too. (laughs) So unless you join our Patreon, which we would love because we have bonus episodes and videos Mm -hmm. of all of our interviews. So, okay. I also... 
Okay, there's a, those are the summer reads. I'm looking at our notes. As Mary knows, I have detailed notes here in front of us. This so other really I have been waiting for, but yes. Yeah. So before we get into the reality TV of it all, I would love for you to just talk about some true crime and academia recommendations you have for podcasts for everyone to oh, listen to. Sure. Okay. So the podcast that I'm listening to right now, one is called Creme de la Crime Podcast. Um, she does a lot of missing persons. Um, so if you are someone who, you know, prefers a happy ending, maybe she might not be your thing because again, it's missing person. So a lot of these cases are unsolved, but she is just amazing. Um, also, if you're looking for something maybe a little more lighthearted, spilling the crime, they are absolutely hilarious. I love them. Um, also just normal ones. There is true crime BNB and the true crime chronicles as well. Um, and you know, if you still can't get enough, you can always go to my usual favorites, the, uh, red handed podcast and the last podcast on the left. Awesome. And then for what I'm always listening to, um, because if you don't know, there's probably always background noise, but now actually Mary, I am doing work without noise for like an hour or like 30 minutes just to like have that That's experience. Impressive. I know. Well, Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie, the best. I mean, Dana just had, um, well, I'm going to hold who she just had on because it's going to lead into the mm. Vanderpump of it all. So, mm. but Dana does mm. cover some true crime. She's done John Benet Ramsey, just like Mary has a Patreon episode about mm -hmm. John Benet Ramsey. Um, oh, and Dana always is sending me the recommendations of what to listen to from her episode. I love it. She's like, you need to listen <laughs> to the David Geffen episode and the gay mafia. Maybe she didn't oh, call God, it the gay I mafia, it. but it sounded like the gay mafia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was me, Dana. Housewife historian. I met her at the um, live behind the Velvet Rope show in Manhattan in April. Mm -hmm. Kim D, shout out to her. She was in the New Jersey Housewives at the beginning uh, series of the Housewives. And yeah, I met Housewife Historian, who has a great Instagram and TikTok. If you're a Housewives fan like me, you need to follow her. Um, Cancel Me Baby, Taylor's podcast, of course. Uh, the Sarah Fraser Show, That Old Gay Classic Cinema. I was on a show called William and the Magic Box on YouTube. I actually get into my personal life coming out, which I don't talk a lot. Like mm -hmm. I talk about my life here, but I don't always open up deeply. So that's mm -hmm. actually like a journey of how I came to be where I am now. It's a biographical interview. So mm -hmm. please listen to it and you can see my face. And I'm going to be on an upcoming podcast, which I'll share out to all of you. I was on the sewers of Paris with Matt Baum. Oh, Matt Baum has a new book called um, Hi, Honey, I'm Homo. And it's a rip <laughs> of that oft quoted phrase, Hi, Honey, I'm Home, yeah. with um, scripted TV shows. Almost the I Love Lucy type. Mm -hmm. What am I trying to get at? There's that genre of TV. Like the sitcom-y type sitcom. of... Thank yes. you. <laughs> Sitcoms. <laughs> You're welcome. Darling. But Matt Bum, 
I was on his show and he was on ours. So we did a podcast swap. Mm. Okay. I think that's more than enough for listening, reading. There's always recommendations we have here. But okay. We're now, Mary and I, for our final, we have like 10 minutes. But I would love, Mary and I have been obsessed with Vanderpump Rules and the scandal of it all. But first, I said to Mary, we never really talk about titles. like, And you know, Mary, I'm always interested in dissecting the title because I really mm-hmm. feel titles ground us in an, our interpretations. Do you feel like Vanderpump Rules? What does Vanderpump Rules mean to you? It means that Lisa Vanderpump is queen and what she says goes. So That's you what that means take it me. as her on yes. the throne as a queen as she's rolling over the mm-hmm. employees. Yes. This is her show. Whether but, uh, yeah. she's in it a lot or not, it is her show. Yeah. And she is an executive producer. But something I was thinking about with the scandal of it all mm-hmm. is that with Vanderpump rules, Lisa Vanderpump really, she used to be present a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's and very, I think she, yeah. Not so much. Distance. Yeah, even with the scandal, right? And for those of you who don't know the scandal, basically listen to all of our Bravo friends podcast. If you don't know, um, I don't know how you don't know, right? Like by now, I just I can't understand how you've managed to to not see it culture been everywhere. But like the scandal is Tom Sandoval, Raquel Levis and um, Ariana Maddox. Ariana and Tom were together for nine years, not married, but they were together. They keep Lisa actually keeps saying common law. Mm-hmm. Um, in the reunion, but Tom cheated on Ariana with Raquel. Raquel um, was Ariana's best friend, and they were cheating on her for about what six months Seven without months? her knowing. Yeah, a long time, probably longer. Yeah, and they were going to keep it a secret until after the reunion and just basically phase out the Tom and Ariana relationship Mm -hmm. and make it seem, I don't even think Tom, well, let's start there. I don't even think Tom wanted to be with Raquel long-term or wants to. Yeah, I can't, I don't know. But then he said he was in love. So I don't know. I'm confused. I mean, I feel like because he's a narcissist that only carries so much weight, Hmm. but I don't, but I, I, I agree to some extent that like, I don't think he was in it for the long term like he was with Ariana like there's definitely a difference well and like back to Lisa so with these reunions and this episode that we're recording right now it's one of the quickest turnarounds because literally Mary and I (laughs) just recorded this last night when you're listening to this Unless you're listening like three weeks from now, but whatever. <laughs> That's your funeral, not mine. <laughs> Just kidding, everyone. Um, but Lisa really, again, she's the producer. She's a producer. So she mm-hmm. wants to play nice. She needs to make sure there's some unity between the cast so that they come back again. And she can really tell. Ariana said, I'm not going to film with Tom and 
Raquel. Yeah. And, you know, I actually do think Ariana, well, she's going to be on Dancing with the Stars. I think she might, I, I, I feel like she either might land on another reality show, like Summer House or mm-hmm. like one of the other Bravo shows. I mean, I could even see her on um, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like as a friend of the show. Mm-hmm. But that would mean Lisa. I feel like Lisa Vanderpump should come back. Like there could be more intersection between Vanderpump Rules and Beverly Hills. Because remember, do you remember the first time Vanderpump Rules came on the airwave that it was actually Brandy Glanville who started. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was Shayna. And yeah, like saying, you cheated affair, on my yeah. ex-husband. Yeah. Like while I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Brandy Glanville too and her podcast. <laughs> but I really feel like they could play a lot around with more of those interactions. Like I like to see mm-hmm. when the shows come together. Yeah, I do too. So, and I do feel like Lisa needs to do a little more, in my opinion. Because <laughs> um, I like Lisa. I think she's good TV. Mm-hmm. But in the reunion, she is. She's well, annoying. let's talk Say about it. it. <laughs> she keeps going after Lala. She keeps shutting Lala down. Yeah. And, and well, James is. I love James. But yeah, he's childish. James That's is living James. his best life. Like he is just like, I feel like someone was like, you know, when you give that really mischievous kid permission to do whatever it is, you know, that they've been eyeing up to do and they're and you're like, yep, it's totally fine. You're not going to get in trouble for it. Just go ahead. Let loose. That's how James is right now. <laughs> like, well, remember what he called Tom a poo poo okay. head? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like they so, gave him I mean, the okay yeah. to be as childish and as petty as he wanted to be, and he yeah. just ran with it. Well, and he walks off so much in the reunion. Mm-hmm. But okay, I will say this here's my hot take about Vanderpump Rules mm-hmm. is LGBT stories are universal. But each one speaks to the individual heart and soul of the writer telling it. Do you have a story to tell? Or have you been moved recently by an LGBT book, film, painting, television show, or other form of media? Then the Gay and Lesbian Review wants to hear from you. The GNLR believes in bringing awareness to queer art and artists through reviews, commentary, and thought pieces in which the author relates their personal lives to a particular piece of art, a novel, a movie, or what have you. In addition to the print magazine, the GNLR also publishes articles on its blog as well as personal essays on its popular Here's My Story section on glreview.org. That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W dot org. To learn more about submitting an article for the GNLR, visit their writer's guidelines. The link is located at the bottom of the homepage. And if you have any questions, email publisher Stephen Hemrick. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot H-E-M-R-I-C-K at glreview.org. The GNLR and its readers can't wait to see what you have to say. 
Hey, Ivory Tower Boiler Room listeners and true crime friends. You've heard me gush over this incredible woman and her beautiful products. I'm talking about Mandy Made It. Mandy makes customized and original crochet and cre-cut goods. They are the perfect, unique, one-of-a-kind gift for literally anyone in your life. And she makes incredible home decor. I still have my pumpkins that I put out every fall. I just love them. Check her out on Instagram at M-A-N-D-E-E Made It or search Mandy Made It on Facebook. To order, just slide into her DMs. And if you mention the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, you will receive a free personalized gift with your first order. So go on Instagram and look up at Mandy Made It. And Mandy is spelled M-A-N-D-E-E. Again, her handle is at Mandy Made It. Mandy spelled M-A-N-D-E-E. And order today. I do feel, oh, Rachel Yucatel, who was, um, became well-known in the public eye for being one of, um, oh my gosh, the mistresses of the golfer, Tiger Woods. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I now message Rachel. She has a podcast too called Misunderstood. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of podcast friends, everyone. That's just part of the business. Um, but Rachel <laughs> had such a good take on this on her show, um, which was, I thought, the the question that you should ask, in my opinion, all of them except Katie, I think Katie and is it Tom Schwartz who haven't cheated? No, it was Katie and Lisa Vanderpump. Oh. Were the only two members of the cast who had not ever cheated. Okay. Katie, okay, so Katie and Lisa. But I do agree that Lala might, and again, Lala, if you hear this, I do love your frankness and I like your bluntness. But I do think she, because of legal reasons, really did escape any kind of Randall Emmett discussion because of legal purposes this season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like she should be thanking Scandaval because. That would have been really uncomfortable. Yeah. I think. And yeah, I mean, she loved that lifestyle until, in my opinion, it blew up and he cheated. Mm -hmm. And the financial situation, again, she also was drinking with him and she's sober now. I do think mm -hmm. Lala has really evolved. So I want to say that. Yeah, for sure. But I do think Lala is the target next season. I could see that. I think, well, um, my guess is next season, depending on who all returns, if she returns, I think, depending on legally where they're at with her situation, that might be more of a forefront conversation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for her narrative anyway. Did you see the... um? You did. You saw some of the documentary mm -hmm. of the Randall scandal. I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our friend David Yontep was in it. And Sarah <laughs> Fraser. All of our friends are in these. I know. I love our reality TV friends um, <laughs> and pop culture ones. But 
I said to Mary, here's my scenario. I would love there actually to be a gay cast member. I still can't believe mm -hmm. there's no gay cast member on Vanderpump Rules. I mean, wait, Ariana's bi. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And Lala. There are queer, mm -hmm. there are queer yeah. represented. Lala's bi. Um, but with the men. I mean, I don't think James mm -hmm. is bi. I would say maybe Sandoval is, but I mean, well, then again, that has That's where been... I'm going. So ready? Follow, follow this path. Follow this line of thought. There's a man named Andrew Rimby, and he recently has gotten his PhD and starts to go into acting auditions on in Hollywood. And he somehow runs into a man named Tom Sandoval because he attends a cover band of the show. And he butters himself up to Tom, compliments his mustache, says, you know, I really love your tattoos. Um, I think that we should become gym bro friends. They start going to the gym together and they're getting very sweaty. They're hot. Andrew invites him back to his apartment. And then before you know it, they're in the bed. Covers are all the way up to their face. And Tom <laughs> is deep inside Andrew. Oh and <laughs> the only request that Andrew has for Tom is that he gets on to Vanderpump Rules in a type of menage a trois, <laughs> menage a trois with Raquel. Oh my God. What do you think? Stop. Andrew is now the first gay male cast member with Tom Sandoval. I mean, I would like that, but just triangle. not for, not that way for you. I think that would make for some really interesting television. Oh my goodness. You know, okay. So I'm kidding, of course, everyone. That's not my <laughs> goal. But okay, any other hot takes you have on Vanderpump Rules? Um, I don't know. One thing I did see that I was quite interested and curious, possibly. Um, some people are very confused by Raquel Rachel's like facial expressions and like her responses to things. And someone was like, is it possible that maybe she's like, you know, is maybe neurodivergent and this is like a problem for her? Because I don't know. It just seems weird, like difficult to find that she could be such a horrible mm -hmm. human being like Tom. It makes sense. Her. Not so much. Yeah. Or did she know that this would put her in the limelight? That's a good They're point. On See, a there's show. so many things. Like, there's so many ways you can go about but it. But when you're in reality TV. That one I saw that was interesting. Well, Dana just had on um, Raquel's pageant director or, like, was part of the pageant oh. circuit with Raquel. Mm -hmm. So gives insight about Raquel eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And Raquel seemed very complimentary, really was a go-getter played by the rules. And I think we saw that with Raquel. Mm -hmm. Like even when she was with James Kennedy, she was always trying to be a people pleaser. Yeah. But I do feel there's definitely, like we said, if it wasn't the Raquel and Tom scandal, it would have really been that Raquel was trying to kiss Tom Schwartz mm -hmm. and Katie. I do have to say a hot take. I like Katie, like in her personal, like following her on social mm -hmm. media. 
I think that we're not seeing all of Katie's sides in the edit. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the edit we get is a curmudgeon Katie. Like yeah. She's always angry. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I agree. I and agree. I'm like, she must not have been like that in all of her scenes. Yeah. No, I doubt. I doubt that. I think that's just the way that they wanted to paint. I mean, because I'm, I'm sure at the beginning they wanted to pit her and Raquel against each other with the whole Schwartz situation. And I think the only way to sort of make Raquel not or you know, the only way to make Katie look bad would be to make it look like she's overreacting. And the only way you can make it look as if she's overreacting is if you don't put in any of the part where she explains why, you know, Raquel and Tom hooking up would be so painful to her and why they've had this agreement from the beginning. Well, and in reality TV, there has to be archetypes. Like you have mm -hmm. to fit certain parts. So in a way, with Snow White and the Seven Doors, she reminds me of Grumpy. <laughs> it's yeah. like, she's grumpy. Um, Tom Schwartz is happy. Bashful. even though. Well, I would say he's happy to please everyone. Mm. And we also have to question his motives. But I really do like Tom Schwartz when I've heard him on podcasts. Mm -hmm. He was on Jackson Britney's podcast, an excellent mm. interview. Um, Lala, I need to, I love her podcast. Mary and I mm -hmm. listen to it. I think, I, I want to see her being questioned and how, I do feel like she has sides of herself that she hasn't yet opened up about. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to explore I think a lot of it is all the pressure, of course, from the legal situation right. and her child's custody. And I mm -hmm. think she's still obviously in protective mode. Of course. Like she's in fight or flight. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited. Excited isn't the word, but I'm ready to see her evolution mm -hmm. further on the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay, so that's Vanderpump Rules. Now, mm -hmm. I did have a question for our audience on social media, but I want to ask you first, Mary, since you know I'm such a Real mm -hmm. Housewives fan. Orange County is back. I love Tamara Judge. I'm so happy mm -hmm. it's back. I urge everyone, if you like stopped watching Orange County, start watching again. Now's the time uh, with Tamara Judge. And it's the summer, and they waited for a year for the summer season, which was smart. Orange mm -hmm. County is that like ideal summer feel for the east coasters you know yeah because in orange county it's summer all the time <laughs> but for us we feel like now okay we can watch this type of television mm -hmm. um new jersey has gotten really private investigators are involved um allegedly i should say allegedly yes there's team Teresa Judice and team Melissa Gorga. I'll be honest, I'm team Melissa Gorga. I've reached out to Melissa. Interesting. Yeah, I like Melissa because she's tried to be respectful to Teresa and never brought her children into tearing down Teresa. But mm -hmm. Teresa had her daughters on camera bringing down Melissa, which I think is extremely disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm sorry, but Teresa... Just the nuance of her, how she communicates ideas, grates my nerves. 
Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I do think that she, you know, she went to college. She is educated. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some people are just not good on the spot at communicating their ideas. Mm -hmm. And I feel that Melissa is better at navigating the politics mm -hmm. and self-awareness. Melissa has a little more self-awareness than Teresa does. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I see some narcissism in both, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, like, there's definitely narcissism in both of those ways. I actually think they're sure. almost the same person. Like, they're two sides of the same coin, which is why they grate uh, yeah. each other's nerves. Um, But I actually feel like out of all the Housewives shows, New Jersey, mm -hmm. the one that represents our state where we were born and raised, is the most toxic, but also the most um, egocentric, which is something to say about the housewives, um, <laughs> that they all really are. Again, I feel though, what does make a housewife? That's my question to you, Mary. Like it's still called the real housewives. What is a real housewife? See, my definition of a housewife and what the housewives are are two entirely different things. Um, you know, but I think they definitely have an attitude problem. That is for sure. I don't think you can get on the show without having some sort of attitude. Um definitely aren't willing to back down from confrontation um and you got to be rich that's my yeah, list so so wealth as an appearance which david always says and i agree on paper they're not wealthy the majority mm -hmm. but they appear to have means um it's very smoke and mirrors which yeah. There's a lot of TV, uh, unscripted shows. But yeah, so A Housewife, it began as that traditional definition. In my opinion, mm -hmm. you had Orange County first, and they all were stay-at-home moms. Like, that's what I think of a housewife, is a woman who stays at home with the children. But mm -hmm. now, because they had the term real housewife, it was almost the way I feel queer is, that it's an umbrella term. Mm -hmm. It's ever right. changing as a landscape of sexuality. Well, the real housewife is ever changing as now she's an influencer. Now she, like Bethany wasn't married when she came on. So is mm -hmm. that a housewife? Not yeah, really. Yeah, like how did that make sense? Yeah. Um, you have friends of the show who don't have any children. Some of them actually yet don't have children or they don't mm -hmm. show their children. So if you don't show your children on the show, are you still a housewife? But I think the real, I don't know if that was Andy Cohen's doing, but whoever did that saved themselves because mm -hmm. it really constantly changed the meaning and the dynamic. Like even now with New York, which I can't wait for you to start watching <laughs> when it comes back. There's Jenna Lyons, um, who's a lesbian and um, mm -hmm. in charge of J. Crew, right? I think that's the fashion company, mm -hmm. but I'll have to look it up. I think it's J. Crew. And 
also the men get involved. So like they're an extension of their wives. And sometimes it's not only that you have to have a wife, like there's people who are the friends of mm -hmm. the women. So yeah, it's, <laughs> I still just think it's so interesting that no one ever addresses that it's called yeah. housewife. Like, I still think that's important because I wonder, should it be called um, the real women of Beverly Hills? Mm, but then, mm -hmm. like, what is real? Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, or should it just be called um, the elite? <laughs> but see, I feel, I don't know, real housewife is ambiguous, which I like. Mm -hmm. I think it's, yeah. they did this on purpose. Um, I agree. But, Many of the women now, they all have businesses. Like, I think I almost everyone. <laughs> um, and they're in the show, which they're making money from. So that's a business, too. Right. So even them being on the show doesn't make them a housewife because now they're on reality TV getting a, exactly. pay, a check. So ponder that, everyone. Um, okay. I think we, oh, Mary and I... I don't know if you saw it, Mary, but I loved learning from the Donna Summer documentary on um, Max. Right now, we can't call it HBO Max, which I don't get. Oh, I these streaming services already confuse me with how many know, shows they, they give have. Me headaches. And now they're changing their names. I know. Like, so what? Stop. Who cares stop. if it's HBO Max? Right? I, I can't. I'm sorry. Home. It was supposed to be, right? The HBO, was it Home Box? What did it stand for? Home Box Office. Home Box Office. <laughs> Which, what did, was that even supposed to mean? Like, instead of having to go to the movies, to the box office, you were oh, at was home, at your you house. could watch. Yeah. You had pay-per-view television. Okay, okay. Exactly. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Almost like how no we lived through when Netflix actually had DVDs sent to your house. Yeah, when you actually had to get stuff delivered. Or we went to Blockbuster or all yep. of our videos, which I loved. I loved mm -hmm. going to video stores. I did too. That was such an that's such an experience that today they don't know. Yeah. Well it well, it's so. why I love going to public libraries. Everyone go to your mm -hmm. public library, please. Get a library card if you don't have one. This mm -hmm. summer. That's Andrew's request. But it's because it's curated. Like a video store, you see the genres. You see mm -hmm. horror. You see fantasy. You're, the workers there, just like at a bookstore, why I love bookstores, they know your taste. Like a barista at a coffee shop, they know what you want, just like in a film store. Mm -hmm. That's why streaming services, I know you're like this, Mary, too, but it is overwhelming, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, I want a curated list. If someone, like, could come up with a streaming service assistant, like, could we have that, please? <laughs> Who curates what you should watch next? That would be great. Yeah. Just like how I think you and I should go into the mocktail business. Because, yes. oh, I now don't drink alcohol. Mary knows that. Um, for fitness purposes. But also, I now drink a lot of mocktails. So, Shout out to Margaret Josephs from The Real Housewives of New Jersey. She has <laughs> soiree, which I absolutely love. Okay. I'm team Melissa, team Margaret, you know. But I also <laughs> know Margaret's ex-best friend, Laura, who I met at the show of David and Kim D's live show, who I'm mm. also, I love Laura. So that's the thing is I don't take, Mary knows I have opinions on the reality TV shows, 
But I like to be friends with as many people and yeah. take the politics out of it. Because at the end of the day, it's an entertainment show. Agreed. Like, I don't have time for their <laughs> grievances, okay? Unless you're affecting me and hurting, you're hurting me and um, taking my soul away, my energy, then I'll have words. Um, okay. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. I think that was it. Yeah. We had Donna. Oh, Donna Summer. That was what I was going to say. She was actually supposed to record It's Raining Men. And that would have been she, so interesting to hear. Yeah, I was imagining. But I love, of course, the Weather Girls. And it's yes. a group. It's a group singing. It would have been very different. And then they actually oh, thought Barbara sure. Streisand was going to sing it, which I can't see that. Yeah, I can't see that either. No. Sorry, but Barbara. The reason Donna... Why do you think, do you know why Donna Summer would turn down It's Raining Men? No. Did she have something else going on? Well, this was the period where uh, she was really fighting against this sex goddess disco image that was crafted mm -hmm. and she was becoming born again. Okay. And she didn't like that the lyrics said, It's Raining Men, Hallelujah, that mm -hmm. the deity was the men and not God. I was like, okay. oh, fascinating. But that I do think the Weather Girls brought that to light. Where? With Donna yeah. Summer. I mean, Donna's songs, you know, on the Keep radio, Donna Last Dance. I mean, Donna mm -hmm. has her catalog, and I absolutely love it. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, everyone should listen to Dance the Night Away by Dua Lipa, which I think is probably one of the best songs that's come out in a long time. Like, disco's back. Disco is yeah, here again. Baby. Mm. <laughs> I think it's because we all need dance music that makes us forget what's going on. You right. know, uh, air quality issues, anyone? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's it. I think we're ready for our yeah. summer break, Mary. I think we are too. We gave everyone a lot. I think. I know. You all so have much so much from. homework. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, bye, Mary. It's wonderful to be here with you. I can't wait and for our upcoming season. I know we have a lot of fun in store. If you thought that it was erotic with Boy Slut, get ready because I have a gay pornography scholar on in the new season. Things are just getting haywire. Like Ooh. we're becoming more and more unfiltered here. Okay. And I know Mary has some fun in store for true crime and academia. Oh, yes. Always. Yeah. I heard maybe drinks laced with a poison. So. Be careful what you're drinking, everyone, this summer. <laughs> um, have a designated driver. Okay. Bye, Mary. Happy summer, everyone. And we'll see you in a month. See you later. <laughs>Thank you so much for listening to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. This is Andrew Rimby, the executive director. I want you all to follow us on social media because there's so many video clips that we share and so many photos about these episodes. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Follow us on Twitter at Ivory Boiler Room. Follow our Facebook page, the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Ivory Tower Boiler Room. For $5 a month, you get ad-free episodes, our video interviews, the True Crime and Academia 
bonus episodes and all Ivory Tower Boiler Room bonus episodes. Thanks for buying a coffee for me. Thanks, Mary. She's our chief contributor. See you all again in the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. <laughs>